This month's episode, we shall preview UFC 285, UFC 285, John Jones versus Cyril Garn for the UFC heavyweight champion of the world. This podcast is sponsored by Hatton James Legal, that's hattonjameslegal.co.uk. So head over to hattonjameslegal.co.uk for all your employment law needs and requirements. And we are pr- proud to announce we have a new sponsor for the podcast. And they're Overest Events, Overest Events, that's Overest Events. So if you head over to their website, OverestEvents.com, OverestEvents.com, uh, your event is just easier. So they take the hassle out of your event and just let you enjoy it. And Bespoke Planning is their uh, speciality and expertise. And uh, we, we like to say welcome to, the, to them. Thank you. Last but not least... Uh, this podcast podcast would not be possible without our friends at SRB Media, SRB Media, who edit and produce the podcast. So head over to SRB Media for other podcasts, specialities, football, music, and other sports as well. To contact the podcast is the MMO, MMA Show Seven, the MMA Show Seven at gmail.com. Follow us at Twitter at the MMA Show Shower. That's the Twitter handle. And the Facebook page is Let's Talk MMA. Okay, before we get into it, I'd just like to uh, introduce my co-host, and that's Matt Penny from Purely MMA. How are you, Matt? All good, mate. All good. Pleasure as always to come back on the show. Um, Thanks to all the sponsors, and and welcome to Overst Events. And talking of events, another big event for the year. You know, happy 30th birthday to the UFC and all that. So uh, they seem to be putting on a lot of good uh, events for us to kick off the year. Yeah, absolutely. And this this is uh, one of the, the big ones to start off. So uh, talking about big, John Jones is obviously moving up to heavyweight from light heavyweight, adding 20, 30, 40 pounds, whatever it may be in the end. Um, in terms of um, styles, how would you say John Jones is, is probably going to, possibly going to win this fight? Well, do you know what? I like heavyweight. He was he was always over, you know, obviously he weighed in at 205, but fight night, as we always know, the fighters are always about 20 pounds heavier. Um, so they probably, he probably was about 225, around that for for fight night. He's not going to be unused to this, this kind of weight. Of course, his opponents are probably going to be largely heavier and he will be a, a little bit heavier, but I don't think he's going to lose much. Um, he's probably going to add power to his game, and you know we, we, he's shown on various occasions that he already has that anyway. Um, I would say very similar to one of the women in the co-main that we're going to talk about next. Um, just sort of when I say all-rounder, usually it's kind of like a, a dig at that guy saying, "Oh, they're kind of average. They're all-rounder. They got little bits here and there." But Jones is an all-rounder, but at an elite level. I just, mm-hmm. I just feel like. We've never seen him on the back foot and struggling like ever in the UFC, and he's been at the top for the past ten years. So, if it's going to happen, it's going to be a heavyweight against one of the you know the best recent heavyweights to come through in Cyril Garn. He's got the power, and he's also 
got movement that you don't usually see from a heavyweight. But Jones, you know, is very experienced at light heavyweight. He's seen the lighter weights. He's seen the people who can move a little bit quicker and a little bit more slicker. So I don't see how he's going to get thrown off by this. I don't see how he's going to be overruled by the occasion because he's done it all. He's done it for the past 10, 11, 12, 13 years, even with this layoff. Um, so I don't want to rule out Cyril Gunn straight away from the off. He is one of the better, most recent heavyweights to come through. But I just, you know, John Jones is my personal greatest of all time in the cage, you know, ignoring his out-of-cage antics. Um, so for me, I think Jones is going to win this and really cement him amongst everybody else as, as the greatest of all time and probably the greatest pound-for-pound pound of all time as well. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with uh, with most of what you said. Um, the only slight doubt I have for John Jones is uh, will he be able to take the power of a heavyweight? But in training and when he was fighting light heavyweights, you know, Blokovic, he was probably 220, 230 on fight night. So I don't think it's going to make that much difference. Cyril Garn is, they're going to be, they are a similar build. Um, very athletic heavyweight, so there's going to be a lot of movement, uh, fast pace, um, inventiveness from John Jones. You know that's been a trademark in all his uh, most of his fights at light heavyweight. And um, yeah, um, uh, we need a prediction, Matt. Put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. Well, honestly, I'll, I'll, I will throw this out. This could be the greatest heavyweight fight of all time, in my opinion. These two guys can go the full five rounds, like you said. They're both super athletic. They've both got great, probably the best movement that you'll see in the heavyweight division, in my opinion. Um, I'll give an opinion, I'll give a prediction, and I'll also give uh, like a really precise, probably the most precise prediction I've ever given. I think Jones will win via a decision. I will think, I think that Cyril Garn will wear the most damage at the end. And I also believe that the corner of Cyril Garn in between rounds four and five will be saying these words, probably in French, but this version in English, they'll be saying, we've lost three or four rounds here. We really need to knock this guy out or take him out in the fifth. That's what they'll be saying, because that's what's going to happen. It's going to be dominant. It will be, Jones will probably win four or five rounds. Damage on both sides, but Cyril Gunn will wear most of it at the end. So Jones win by decision. Wow, that was uh, extremely precise and... Uh... Anyone, anyone would think you've been in Jones's camp or something, or spying on him, or but no. Yeah, I sound, I, yeah, I sound like a promoter there, don't I? I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but no, that that was good. Um, I agree. I, I believe Jones is going to win, but I, I think he will utilise his wrestling. Maybe that's why he's hooked up with Henry Cejudo. I, I don't know, um, but I believe he's he thinks what he saw Francis Nagano and Cyril Garn that uh, Cyril Garn hasn't got the wrestling pedigree or experience and he's going to utilise that and I think John Jones will submit him and in probably rest, you're being precise so I've got to sort of join you as well I'd say round three he'll submit him That'd be interesting. I, I bet you'd get really good odds on that if you were a betting man. Mm. Um, I just, I just want to pretty add to mine. Like, I, I, I don't, I, I kind of ruled Cyril Garn out completely in my prediction, right? But he is very, very, very good at heavyweight, like very good. But I just believe that John Jones is another level. 
ring rust is it a thing i mean that's a big question coming into this fight yeah. is it a thing yeah and if it is a thing and if it is real i think we have a real chance of seeing it but like i said john jones my personal greatest of all time i think he'll he'll uh, run over that very quickly yeah ring rust is is a fair question um and um yeah we, we can't rule out gone but um Jones just has the in-fight IQ and, and all the athletic attributes that you need to be a, an elite fighter at, at the, this level and, um, and this type of weight as well, category of weight. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it as a stylistic matchup and all the backdrop of what John Jones brings to, to the UFC. In, in cage, for me, really, but uh, obviously out of cage as well. But... No, it should be a it should be a battle, and uh, I, I think John Jones will focus on his uh, on his wrestling, grappling. Okay, so we've both gone for John Jones. You've gone for a decision. I've gone for a a submission. Um, we'll, we'll we'll recap in the next month's episode, shall we say? Yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay, uh, moving on to the co-main, uh, which is Shevchenko versus. Alex Grasso. Um, give us your thoughts on this, man. Uh, well, to use John Jones versus Garner's like a template for my prediction and overall thoughts on the, on the fight, I think it's very similar to that, but I give Grasso even less chance of winning. Um, not, not to rule her out. Um, again, I'm going to say that, that, that phrase, well-rounded, but she's not elite well-rounded. Uh, a decent striker, but I just mean no way near Shevchenko. Um, like I touched on uh, in the Jones prediction, she, she's just one of the very best to ever do it in, in the women's division. Honestly, up there with, with Nunes in the, the battle for women's greatest of all time. She's a real elite all-rounder. Just, you just don't really see her struggling, even when she's on autopilot. She's she's just winning every, you know, every round unreal striking unreal kicking I mean the, the countless black belts I think I counted two or three on her Wikipedia but there's probably more in in her back catalogue without being completely disrespectful to, to Grasso you know she's worked hard she's probably earned this shot but I think it should be a, a walkthrough win for Shevchenko um, via any way she wants I, I will say just to shut the prediction straight out there because I, I think I've pretty much given it away with with, with that. Um, I think Shevchenko will win. I think it will be submission in any round she wants. Um, and just we've seen this weekend Erin Blanchfield with a really impressive win again. A, a really nice record that she's building up and I think she in the future could be a really nice um, challenge for Shevchenko. Uh, I, I just don't see... Alexa Grasso being a, a huge challenge for Shevchenko. Unfortunately, um, it should be another another just easy tick off for for Chev, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, overall, I would agree with that. But I think that Alex uh, Alexa Grasso could maybe eke out a decision, um, but it's because uh, Shevchenko has got some knockouts on her. Uh, Resume and submissions, and like you said, she she just doesn't seem to have any weakness, um, Shevchenko, and just keeps improving. She's a real student of martial arts, and, and she's in the gym training and 
improving and learning a new martial art, you know, like you said, different black belts and uh, perspectives on the fight game. So, uh, uh, Grasso, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously a, a massive under, underdog story. Um, I think the only way is just uh, if it goes to a decision. And, uh, but I can't see that happening. Shevchenko's just too good at this time and uh, just will have too many weapons for her. Too many ways to win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, just just looking at Shevchenko's record, and you know, since twenty ten, only losing twice, and that twice is to the, to the same woman. Yeah. The second fight, arguably not a loss, um, but you know, it's. I mean, you can probably put this fight alongside uh, Nunez uh, and her loss, and say, well, it's very similar. You know, the underdog favorite kind of betting lines are probably very similar but even with Amanda Nunes you always thought if you can weather that storm of Nunes and sort of survive her striking you've got a chance to beat her mm. against Shevchenko I just even if you survive her her deadly kicks and her striking and just anything she does on the feet she can then beat you on the ground and just and or draw, draw you out into, into deep waters and beat you by, by decision it's yeah I can't put an argument towards mm. Grasso getting a win here. I can't in any way in my head just imagine her <laughs> grabbing this win. I, yeah, yeah. It, it would be one of the biggest shocks of all, of all time, o- overtaking uh, Nunez's loss. So you're obviously going for a Shevchenko win. Um, how do you think that could happen? Well, since, since her losses to a Nunez, she's won by KO, TKO, decision, submission. Mm. Uh, she hasn't won by um, submission for a couple of years, so I'll go uh, submission win for Shevchenko. Any round, but I, I can see it ending fairly quickly, and I'll go round two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. She, she she is an expert on the ground as well, but I, yeah, there hasn't been a finish for a few years, so uh, I think I'll agree with you there. So uh, I'm going to go Shevchenko submission. Um, if it doesn't happen early, yeah. If it doesn't happen early, then I think Grasso could win. But uh, no, I'm going to go Shevchenko's submission as well. Um, Thing is, I just think Shevchenko is, is, is she's if if they do survive her and just ca- and, you know take her through and she, they don't get finished, I think she's just more than happy just to to piece them apart and and grab the decision. But yeah, we'll, she, we'll that's see. a good point. She hasn't got a particular ego. That if she if she thinks, okay, I'm not going to knock this person out. I'll just pick them apart and, you know, step by step, kick by kick, punch by punch, dismantle them. I just hate I hate to predict her winning because I hate that stupid dance that she does at the end of her fights when she wins. I just, <laughs> I really hate it, but I, I feel like we're going to see it a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for a couple of more years at least. Yeah. Oh, at least, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, before we move away to the, the world of MMA news and uh, UFC, um, just like to mention Bo Nickel now, he has made a bit of a, you know, a, a sort of a, a storm coming into UFC. He was on Dana White's Contender Series. That's a channel, the route he came through. Um, and he's, he's, a, he's a decorated uh, American wrestler, NCAA, I think three times he's won it. I don't think he ever went to the Olympic because he's still quite young. Uh, so maybe he thought MMA is his route. 
to fame and fortune. And um, yeah, he's, he's got three wins, two by submission. So he's got a grappling game as well. Um, not just takedowns and defense, which is essentially what American wrestling is. Um, and he's got a knockout, but obviously as he moves up, opponents are going to get better. So what, how, what do you think about if you've got any opinion on Bo Nickel? Yeah, a great prospect coming up and uh, top, top level collegiate wrestler. Um, I actually, uh, I can't remember what podcast or what show I was listening to. Uh, I listen to a lot of MMA podcasts when I'm at work. Um, But I think somebody mentioned that he actually failed to get into the Olympics because he lost all of his qualifying matches in that year. I can't remember when it was and I can't can't quote when, where, what year. But somebody said on the show, yeah, that he lost like a load of, of his qualifying matches that year to get into the Olympics, so he didn't get picked, um, oh. which is actually quite shocking when yeah. you see, you know, how, how well he's done so far. But I suppose collegiate level and Olympic level is obviously different. Um, yeah, a, a nice prospect coming through. Uh, I think his last two were on the contender series, weren't they? Um, yeah. So he's got a nice little spot on the, on the main card of a pay-per-view, which is... Uh, yeah. That's one hell of a step up, of course. It, his opponent, obviously, Jamie Pickett, not elite level, without being, you know, yeah, uh, but an experienced fighter. He's got twenty-one fights in professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah experience for sure. And uh, you know, I hate when they push these guys too soon. You know, you do have to earn your stripes, as it were, and you know, you've got to do it the right way and, and, and beat the right people. So. It's a good start, and you know, hey, a nice little pay on on a pay per view. So, looking forward to following his progress for sure. Yeah, and the way UFC sort of navigate uh, prospects is that, um, and you know, they're a promotion, so they want their investment. Let's call them an investment, really, to do well. Um, and I don't know Jamie Pickett's background, but I, I imagine it's he's not a great wrestler or a grappler, so. They'll probably give Bo Nickel people who are not very good at you know defending wrestling attacks and uh, make it a bit easier for Bo Nickel. Yeah, for sure, and you know it, it's not it's not bad for him to it's a lot of trust to be pushed onto the the main card. You're not you know you're not on the early prelims. And for example, if we're going to talk a little bit about the prelims of the card, if you look down to the prelims, Cody Garbrandt is on the prelims, so. You're you're already positioned above him, or already seen by the UFC to be above him. So, but I, yeah, I don't so think Cody's won a, won a fight for. He's lost the last six or seven, or yeah, yeah, I think he's got like one win in the last six or something like that. I think well, you're you're in vain da- you're you're in very dangerous water. I think Cody. I think if you don't start mm. really turning your uh, your record around, yeah. you've got to be on the chopping block soon. It, it might be a bit early to speculate, but let's do it anyway. Um, Bo Nickel is a middleweight, so Adesanya, Pereira at the moment. Um, do you think another 12 months Bo Nickel could be fighting for the belt or a bit longer? Uh, 2024, I would say, probably. Mm. Yeah, like like later on. Yeah. In 2024, in, in the summer, potentially. Hey, he's young. I think he, what he's what, sort of, mid to late 20s 2026 years old 27 yeah yeah it's relatively young you haven't got many professional fights so you haven't taken that damage you don't really take you know you don't take damage 
in collegiate wrestling. Mm. Um, no, so, it's, I mean, it's you, not you're combat. Be fed, no. Yeah, you'll be fairly fresh, aren't you? So if you if you fight three, four times this year, I mean, if you if you win convincingly convincingly enough times in the year, yeah. then you're going to jump up those rankings very quickly. And, and normally, with expert wrestlers. Uh, grapplers, uh, certainly the early fights, they, they normally take him to the ground, don't take too much damage, submit or win on points, ground and pound. Um, but then obviously as they go up the ranks, up the levels, then they, they do get involved in wars. But uh, normally expert wrestlers, expert, I'm talking elite and, and grapplers, they don't take that much damage uh, early. Yeah, and it also doesn't. It, it wouldn't hurt you if uh, if you sort of developed a more entertaining mm. uh, personality to go with your, you know, on social media and for your spiel when you're in the press conferences and stuff. You know, catch people's eyes early yeah. and get that support. Get your Twitter following up and your Instagram or whatever else they use. Um. Hey, it's a, it's a fight game, but at the yeah. end of the day, you're also a marketing tool for the company you're working for. So. Yeah, it does help to get your push towards a title, doesn't it? We've seen that with many, many a fighter. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. Okay, um, yeah. So that's UFC two eighty five Jones versus Garn uh, for the heavyweight champion of the world. And I think if Jones wins this, I, and I think you said it at the start of the the show that um, any debate about pound for pound best ever go to whatever you want to call it you just put it to bed I think yeah you would I mean it, it, it kind of links into the, the, the news uh, section quite nicely because obviously after the last event that we talked about at UFC 24 it was the battle of the pound for pound number one between mm. Volkanovski and, and Makachev uh, I don't know if you've seen but Volkanovski is still number one even though he lost uh, in the official UFC pound for pound rankings, um, John Jones is tenth. Mm. Honestly, I, I would say if, if John Jones won, I, th- I, I would oh. I would jump it all the way up to the top personally. Yeah, but yeah, Volkanovski's there now. Um, I, I, I don't know what your feelings are on the pound for pound. It's, I mean, they they try and treat the pound for pound as a a level playing field, don't they? A level battleground where no weights are included and mm. it's, it's basically their way of saying you're the best of all weights. Um, yeah. Whether you yeah. agree or not that Makachev won or not, at the end of the day, he got the W officially. So I would put him at number one, even though I think that Volkanovski did win it and came out with less damage. You know, it's, <laughs> it's well, a contentious issue. And, yeah, you, you can't, set this whole event up, this whole um, fight up as the pound for pound. And if someone wins, not convincingly as they thought, or, you know, by a mile, you can't say, oh, that doesn't make him one-to-one. I mean, if if it was a complete robbery, like we have seen a couple of um, decisions and uh, in the last 12 months or so, Sean O'Malley comes to mind, Um then maybe, but yeah, it was a close fight, and uh, but Makachev, I think, done enough. So uh, it's ridiculous that he hasn't got the number one spot. Yeah, you're kind of spitting in the face of, of fans. Also, yeah, they're, they're not thick. If you if you're marketing an event as the number one pound for pound uh, ranking on the line, yeah, 
you can't then just turn around and say just because you disagree with the result well we're going to keep Volkanovski at number one anyway yeah. then <laughs> the whole, whole credibility you know, falls out goes out the window yeah yeah and you know we, we know that Dana lies uh, that's rule number one right Dana White lies I, I don't you believe can't. you I don't believe you he lies I, I... <laughs> yeah you, yeah you definitely do um, <laughs> it, you can't just have a marketing machine like the UFC pull out that you know push out that pound for pound number one fight for god knows how many like two months and then just ignore it I just yeah I, I think that's a bit of a kick in the face mm. to a lot of people but yeah and, and it, you have it, to remember pound for pound you, you just it's still Almost, I mean, yeah, you can bring out records and, and statistics, but it's still, it's still opinion, you know, when you get to that. Because you, you can't prove it. You can't say to Volkanovski, okay, fight at light heavyweight, fight at heavyweight, win, and then you're the pound for pound. That's, that's the only objective way you can do it, is a fighter goes through. And in boxing, they, they have Manny Pacquiao went up five weights, um, Mayweather went up three, Oscar De La Hoya. In boxing, I think because the weights are closer, they can go up three or four weights quite easily. But in UFC, there's a big gap between the uh, the weights and you can't objectively prove it. So it still is opinion at the end of the day. Yeah, it's promotional. It's, it's not like yeah. there's a worldwide independent uh, organisation ranking mm. it. If, if there was, then I think it could, it could have a bit more weight to it. But at the end of the day, you know, it is a bit like, yeah, it's... It's, it's like me and you in the pub to... having a discussion and saying, I think this guy's the best and you say the other guy's the best and then, you know, one of them is the best because we say, well, there's a bit more than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and it, it, it kind of links in with another piece of news that I've I've been reading up on and there's been calls for, uh, by like Ariel Helwani is a big voice in this in this argument, uh, but there's been a, a, a few people calling out for like a, a, a worldwide independent organization of like MMA to put everybody in a rankings, but then also have a Hall of Fame. I don't know if you've seen this discussion going on. I, I haven't. Um, no, so that's uh... there's kind of a belief that like the UFC Hall of Fame is is turning into sort of a bit of a WWE Hall of Fame. Like you know, it's just. UFC picking out guys just in the whole world of MMA and saying, well, they're in the UFC Hall of Fame kind of thing. Yeah, so uh, Matt, that, that, that brings us to almost to the end of the, the podcast. But I, I do want to just spend a few more minutes on um, the, the physical move of John Jones moving up to heavyweight. Um, and what I mean by that is he's going to be adding, he has added weight, so 20, 30, 40 pounds. Uh, three, four stone, whatever that may be. Uh, we won't know until the weigh-ins. Um, and that that's going to be you know, a good portion of muscle, but it's not going to be muscle. There's going to be some fat. You, you can't add muscle without adding a bit of fat. And vice versa, just uh, for a side note, you can't lose muscle or weight without losing muscle. But um, he's moving up in weight. Physically, you know, where do you think the benefits are? Where do you think the drawbacks are? Uh, for John Jones. Well, Joe, you know like, like you said, we, we don't know how how much weight he's going to put on. We have to wait until weigh-ins to, to see it specifically. But do you know what? The light heavyweight division was weird anyway because I feel like 90% of them were kind of heavyweights trying to shrink them down into a, a, a smaller division anyway. 
Um, and then come fight night, as you know, in most divisions, they are like 20, 30 pounds heavier. So honestly, I just don't think, it, you know, he's taken three years out, right? I know some of it's been through his out-of-cage antics, but, you know, he, he seems to have done it the correct way. Um, his, his training videos look really good, and all, all the commentators seem to be saying that he, he seems to have done it the correct way. So you, you would think with his team around him, you, you'd think that his power should be should transfer well enough. He always seemed to have it anyway. And like I said earlier, he's just an elite all-rounder. You know, he is, he is just that good. So I just think that this should be almost like a very small stepping stone for him. Of course, you are probably going to get slightly heavier hitters in the heavyweight division. Um, but he just, in the past, he's just never seemed to have been rocked or, you know, like in absolute danger of losing or getting knocked out. You've just never seen it. So it's yeah. going to be interesting for sure. Because the the point about generally when, when people, fighters move up in weight, they may sacrifice a bit of speed. And vice versa, when you come down in weight, you, you probably gain some speed. But with John Jones, and, and you made a good point about light heavyweights are really sort of smaller heavyweights. And they don't really want to fight in the heavyweight division because they're giving up 20, 30 pounds. So they shrink down to 205 and, and lose 20, 30 pounds. Apparently, John Jones walks around or used to walk around at 220, 230 pounds. So uh, if he comes in at 240, he's added 10 pounds. So it's not actually added 25 or 35 pounds. But um, yeah, so from my perspective, I, I think he'll probably maintain his speed. Um, obviously his range is not going to be affected he's still going to have a, a massive uh, condor like wingspan of 86 inches or whatever it is uh, you know the, the eagle type uh, wingspan um, but power he'll have more power for sure because he's putting on more muscle he's, he's doing his weight training he's doing all the very basic you know very good weight training exercises power lifting exercises deadlift squatting um, whether that adds muscle onto his legs we'll see but um, he can still knock people out um, but I think um, I think mentally he, he'll be better in terms of he won't be dieting down so uh, I think that will be a plus for him yeah it's, it's a good point about speed I, I think in every other weight division you, you think that speed does kind of have a, a big effect but it's almost like the heavyweight well in recent years anyway the heavyweight division it, it, there is a lot less emphasis on your speed and sort of like reactions it's a it might mm. be a, a an unwise yeah. thing to think but yeah. you think oh heavyweights is going to be sort of quite slow quite sluggish you know just yeah. you know, heavy hitters mm. um, and, and some of them are like that you know you know, tied to Ivasa and, and Derek Lewis, and mm. you know, we've had all you know, but this is why I think John Jones and Cyril Garner is a great matchup because they are both very similar in terms of they do actually have kind of movement not used in not used in the heavyweight division in recent yeah. years. Yeah. So if he can if he can keep that light heavyweight sort of mobility mm. and movement, I'm sure he will. Yeah. Um, but obviously, he is now three years older now as well, not forgetting his age. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be dangerous. You know, he could he could be a kind of almost like DC and just take it in his stride and 
not really and, and sort of be unaffected and, and carry on his greatness yeah I, I think the um, him not dieting down um, I don't recall any problems he had uh, dieted down to 205 but losing 20 pounds or, or whatever he, he did lose you know he's never easy I don't think um, so that will be in his favour from a mental perspective you know preparing he can focus fully on his mental game he's, he's a very good strategic um, fighter IQ fighter he does strategize with I'm not sure how much uh, the Jackson camp are still you know influencing him because He's gone to Henry Cejudo, but he is a very uh, cerebral fighter, and uh, he does like a strategy. You know, he's, he's tried different things. You know, his elbows, his, his long kicks. When he used to, um, when the bell went, um, he would sort of crawl on his almost his all fours. You remember? I remember he did that against Rashad Evans and uh, um, Rampage Jackson as well. So uh, I'm going to be interested in his how he approaches the fight as a heavyweight. Um, you made a good point that, you know, he, he's not used to sort of getting punched by the bigger guys, but maybe in sparring he will be, but this is going to be real. And Cyril Garn, he's, he's got a, a very tasty uh, left hook and uh, a right cross as well. Yeah, it's, hey, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested anyway because it's a John Jones fight week, um, you know, and it's coming up quite soon. It, it just adds extra layers of intrigue to how, how he's going to react to this. And he always made it look so natural. That's why I, I thought it was fascinating. You know, some guys, they go into the corner and th their corner really is like trying to catch up on what's happened in the fight and really trying to adapt their game. John Jones, I always found it was so natural. Like he knew what was going on. Like, even after the first round, he just grew into the fight and he just, it, he just clicked in his head. Um, just a crazy, crazy fight IQ. Um, now you just got to hope that there's no any uh, you know there's nothing comes out from from the fight week that is wrong if you yeah. or anything like that because you know but he had, he's had three years to put on the weight yeah properly it's not like it's a rush job so uh, yeah. fingers yeah. crossed his his life is now clean anyway and yeah hey I you know love him or hate him I, I think having him in in the in the division and in the UFC and fighting you know maybe once or twice a year you, you can't you can't replicate that with anybody else in my opinion so no that is uh, that is true and uh, okay Matt that, that brings us to the to the end of the podcast uh, it's always great to have you on as the co-host so uh, thank you for that um, just let the listeners know if you if you're doing anything in MMA or boxing or anything else from a purely Absolute MMA pleasure to always make yeah yeah, absolute pleasure. Um, at Purely MMA on, on Twitter, uh, we live tweet all the events and like to get some good discussion points going. Um, as we said at the start of the show, um, we're sponsored by Overst Events, now proud sponsor of this show on a whole as well. Um, but yeah, it's we're, we're trying to look for events, but the UFC um, event in London coming up in a, in a month or two, unbelievably expensive. Um, you know, there is... Uh, a financial crisis going on in the world and and especially in the UK at the moment so it, a lot of people I think were priced out of the market but that should be a great event too uh, which I'm sure we'll discuss at a later date yep. um, but yeah always on the lookout you know Cage Warriors and, and sure. uh, Bellator always come to the UK so fingers crossed for a, a well priced event coming up soon because uh, I'm really keen to get into a live event but yep. yeah catches up purely MMA um, 
we tweet about all the, the latest MMA news when we're not on the show. Okay, fantastic. So, uh, yeah, you mentioned UFC, it will be UFC UFC 286 is uh, Edward, Edward versus uh, Usman. So, uh, yeah, we're going to do a, a particularly good podcast, long podcast on that. So, um, this has been the MMA Shower, sponsored by HattonJamesLegal.co.uk and OversedEvents.com and uh, edited and produced by uh, SRB Media that's srbmedia.co.uk so wherever you may be good afternoon, good morning, good evening and uh, thank you